bless you and welcome to the Solution Radio Show. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Greg Backus, your host. Jesus Christ is the solution for all the situations you and I might find ourselves in. He is God's solution for all mankind, for all time. He stated in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus Christ is the one who makes a difference. He made a difference in people's lives 2,000 years ago when he lived and walked among people. And he makes a difference today because he was raised from the dead and is seated at God's right hand in the heavenlies. I trust that Christ Jesus makes a difference in your life today, that you see the tremendous love that God has for you, that you come to have a deeper and more full relationship with God as your Heavenly Father, that you see your purpose in life is far above the day-to-day circumstances of life. God's love for you, it knows no bounds. Today we will hear some wonderful music, read some of the Bible together regarding Jesus Christ as our Passover lamb, and we also have a testimony about a healing of a deaf person and prayer which was called into our praise line. Let's start off with To Know You by Casting Crowns. To know you is to never worry for my life and to know you is to never give in or compromise and to know you is to want to tell the world about you cause I can't live without you
This week, being the week before we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, I thought we'd take a look at Jesus Christ as our Passover lamb and what that means to us today. Jesus Christ is God's solution for mankind's redemption. Why did we need to be redeemed? We needed to be redeemed because of the fall of man in the Garden of Eden many, many thousands of years ago. At the time of Adam's disobedience, man died. What did man lose in his death in the garden? He lost spirit. He lost his relationship with God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. Adam and Eve were then cast out of the garden, and eventually their body and soul also died. But the great loss for mankind was spirit. God put in motion his plan to redeem mankind with the perfect man, the Lord Jesus Christ, in order that man might once again be able to have the Spirit of God and a restored relationship as a son of the Most High God. John the Baptist, he recognized that Jesus Christ was the Lamb of God. If you have your Bible handy and you'd like to follow along with, uh, we'll take a look at the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 29. And the next day John sees Jesus coming unto him and says, Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. John here calls Jesus the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. What sin would God's Lamb remove? He would remove the sin of Adam, which resides in all mankind, which caused mankind's separation from God. So not only would he remove the sin nature, which is in all men, women, and children, he also would cover all of the fruit of that nature, sins. Remember the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. All through the Old Testament, leading up to the coming of the Messiah, the Lamb of God, there were animal sacrifices that pointed to the eventual perfect sacrifice found in Jesus Christ. The animal sacrifices, they were just temporary substitutes. These sacrifices in the Old Testament could never restore a relationship between man and God, reinstate spirit. They were a reminder, a pointer of what God would do when he sent his Son. Let's look in Hebrews chapter 9. We'll read verses 12 through 14. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by Jesus' own blood, he entered in once into the holy place having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats, and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh, verse 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Jesus Christ didn't enter the presence of God presenting the blood of bulls and goats. He entered the presence of God with his own perfect, spotless blood. By presenting his sinless blood, he obtained eternal redemption for all mankind. He was a complete sacrifice that purchased mankind from the devil, restoring what had been lost by Adam. And not only that, he cleansed our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. The law of Moses and the sacrifices, they reminded man of his need for a Savior. Jesus Christ is that Savior. For those who have accepted Christ, the old nature found in Adam, the reminder of one's ruined state and sin, is no longer to dwell in the mind of those that have been saved and cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Christ has cleansed the conscience of what was a deplorable state. Because of that cleansing, we now can serve 
the living God. Continuing in Hebrews, uh, let's look at chapter 9, verse uh, 22. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood there is no remission. That verse 22, let's read it in the Amplified Bible. In fact, under the law, almost everything is purified by means of blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is neither release from sin and its guilt, nor the remission of the due and merited punishment for sins. It is by the shedding of the innocent, perfect blood of Jesus Christ that we are cleansed and released from sin and its guilt. Wow! Only God could have come up with this plan of salvation. Only the love of the Creator could ever make this available. Continuing in Hebrews 9, verse 25 through 28. Nor yet that he should offer himself often, as the high priest enters into the holy place every year with blood of others. Every year the high priest of Israel, he would go into the holy of holies to present the blood of animals to atone for the sins of the people. The entrance of the priest was only temporary. He had to go in on a yearly basis. And it only covered. It did not cleanse. Verse 26. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once, one time, in the end of the world, has Jesus appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ, verse 28, was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto wholeness or salvation. Jesus Christ only once offered his blood as the payment for all mankind, for all time. He put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never, with those sacrifices, the Old Testament sacrifices, which they offered year by year continually, make the comers thereunto perfect. The sacrifices, in other words, of the Old Testament, in the law of Moses, could never make God's people perfect or complete. The law was a shadow, or it was an outline, of things to come in the perfection that would be found in Jesus Christ. The sacrifices of the Old Testament pointed to the need for man's redemption through the Messiah and the giving of his life. Continuing here in Hebrews chapter 10, let's uh, start at verse 9. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He takes away the first, and the first there is the first covenant of the Old Testament sacrifices and offerings, that he may establish the second. The second, that's the covenant through his Son, Jesus Christ. By the which, God's will, we are set apart through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Verse 11, And every priest standing daily, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. You see, only the offering of the life of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, takes away sins. Any and all other sacrifices today by men are meaningless in the sight of God, and they do absolutely nothing to cleanse the heart and the life of an individual. Let's continue here back at verse 12 in Hebrews 10. But this man, Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. By the one offering of his life, he has perfected, he has made complete forever 
those that are set apart by believing on Jesus Christ. What freedom we truly have today in Christ. Many, many Christians, much of the time, sadly, are bound up by the cares of this world and the fears that men fear. It could only be because they do not know their complete redemption from the bondage of sin which is found in Christ. God desires his people to know the freedom that they have in Christ. Those of us that do know, well, we have a responsibility to share the gospel, the good news of the freedom found in Christ. Let's continue back here in Hebrews, verse 15. Whereof the Holy Spirit also is a witness to us, for after that he had said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. Verse 17, And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Your sins and your lawlessness God no longer remembers. Does that hit home in your heart? Jesus Christ is a complete substitute in payment for your penalty of sin and lawlessness. Complete! The bill's been paid in the life and the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. If God no longer remembers your sins, why? Why would you want to dwell on your past mistakes and your shortcomings? Why would you hold on to in your heart and mind the evil of the past, the disappointment of the past, whether it be yesterday or 20 years ago? Psalm 103 says that God has cast our sin as far as the east is from the west. The east and the west never meet. His mercy is everlasting. It's forever. Continuing in Hebrews, verse 18 and 19, let's read these two. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. There is no more offering for sin. Jesus Christ is a complete Savior. We now have boldness and confidence to enter into the very presence of God because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is God's plan of the ages. It's only in Him that man's salvation is found. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man, no man comes unto the Father but by Him. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, let's read verse 7, the second half of that verse. For even Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. What was the significance of the first Passover to the Israelites? While still in Egypt, before departing from Egypt, God instructed the children of Israel to slay and eat a lamb of the first year and to sprinkle their doorposts with its blood, that the destroying angel, seeing the blood, might pass over their dwellings and spare the firstborn. This Passover sacrifice was then continued yearly on the fourteenth day of the month of Nisan, which is the first month of the Israelites' year, and it was done in remembrance of the first Passover. The Passover pointed to the complete and perfect Son of God, as mankind's Passover Lamb for all eternity. Jesus Christ, He is our Passover Lamb. First Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, from your vain manner of life, received by tradition from your fathers, but, in contrast, we were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. We have been redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 21, 
show the dramatic contrast between the first Adam in the garden and Jesus Christ. Let's read these verses, and I'm going to read these in the Phillips New Testament. Verse 12. This, then, is what happened. Sin made its entry into the world through one man, Adam, and through sin, death. The demand of sin and death passed on to the whole human race, and no one could break it, for no one was himself free from sin. Sin, you see, was in the world long before the law, though I suppose, technically speaking, it was not sin when there was no law to define it. Nevertheless, death, the complement of sin, held sway over mankind from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sin was quite unlike Adam's. Adam, the first man, corresponds in some degree to the man who has to come. Verse 15. But the gift of God through Christ is a very different matter from the account rendered through the sin of Adam. For while as a result of one man's sin, Adam's, death by natural consequence became the common lot of all men, it was by the generosity of God, the free giving of the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, that the love of God overflowed for the benefit of all men. Nor is the effect of God's gift the same as the effect of that one man's sin. For in the one case, one man's sin brought its inevitable judgment, and the result was condemnation. But in the other, Jesus, countless men's sins are met with the free gift of God's grace, and the result is justification before God. For if one man's offense meant that man should be slaves to death all their lives, it's a far greater thing that through another man, Jesus Christ, men by their acceptance of his more than sufficient grace and righteousness should live all their lives like kings. Verse 18, We see then that as one act of sin exposed the whole race of men to God's judgment and condemnation, so one act of perfect righteousness presents all men freely acquitted in the sight of God. One man's disobedience, Adam, placed all men under the threat of condemnation. But one man's obedience, Jesus, has the power to present all men righteous before God. Now we find that the law keeps slipping into the picture to point the vast extent of sin. Yet, though sin is shown to be wide and deep, thank God His grace is wider and deeper still. The whole outlook changes. Sin used to be the master of men, and in the end, handed them over to death. Now, grace is the ruling factor, with righteousness as its purpose, and its end, the bringing of men and women and children to the eternal life of God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That section in Scripture from the Phillips translation, Romans chapter 5, it sets in sharp contrast Jesus Christ with Adam. It is wonderfully clear to see the deliverance found in Christ's obedience. From the disobedience that results in death from Adam. It could only be by God's grace, God's undeserved favor because of his great love. Ephesians chapter 2, verses, uh, we'll start at verse 11. Wherefore remember that you being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God 
in the world. But now, verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made near by the blood of Christ. For he, Jesus Christ, is our peace, who has made both one, that both is Judean and Gentile, and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity or the separation, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances. Christ has abolished all that for to make in himself of two one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both, both the Judean and the Gentile that believe on him, that he, Jesus, might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. And he came and he preached peace to you, which were afar off, the Gentile, and to those that were near, the Judean, the Israelites. For through Jesus, verse 18, we both, Jew and Gentile, have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of the household of God. We are in the household of God. And we are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together, of which you and I are a part, grows unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. What tremendous, remarkable truth of what Jesus Christ, our Passover, has done for us. He has enabled us to have access to the one true God, to be at peace with the one true God, to be a part of the household of the Creator of the heavens and the earth. Let's close in the Gospel of John. We read this verse earlier. Let's read both the uh, Verses 16 and 17 of chapter 3. For God so loved the world, that's you and I, and everybody else, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's God's heart of love. He so loved the world that he gave. Jesus Christ's life, death, resurrection, and his sending of the Comforter on the day of Pentecost, all of those are the pinnacle point of all human history. He has affected all mankind. His life is the standard by which lives are judged. For those who believe on Jesus Christ as their substitute for sin and its consequence, their lives are judged in Christ's death and resurrection unto eternal life. Those who do not believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, their loves are judged by their imperfect works. And no work of man can measure up to the standard required of a perfect God, the end result being eternal separation from the one true God. You know, I remember when my kids were little, and I'd give them money so they could buy me a birthday present. They could not provide for themselves, but I had the ability and I had the resources to give them what they needed so that they could purchase me a gift. Well, God has supplied the money, figuratively speaking. God supplied the payment to redeem us from the sin nature that we inherited through Adam, as well as the fruit of that nature, sins. God's supply, His perfect Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our Passover Lamb.
I can see the waters raging at my feet. I can feel the breath of those surrounding me. I can hear the sound of nations rising up. We will not be overtaken. We will not be overcome. I can walk down this dark and painful road. I can face. Every fear of the unknown, I can hear all God's children singing out. We will not be overtaken. We will not be overcome. Care. 
Give me your eyes for just one second Give me your eyes so I can see Everything that I keep missing Give me your love for humanity Give me your arms with the broken hearted The ones that are far beyond my reach Give me your heart for the ones forgotten Give me your eyes so I can see Busy street, see a girl in our eyes meet. Does her best to smile at me, to hide what's underneath. There's a man just to right, black suit and a bright red tie. Too ashamed to tell his wife he's out of work, he's buying time. All those people going somewhere. Why have I never cared? Give me your eyes for just one second Give me your eyes so I can see Everything that I keep missing Give me your love for humanity Give me your arms for the broken hearted The ones that are far beyond my reach Give me your heart for the ones forgotten Give me your eyes so I can see Yeah share God's love with others. One way is to offer to pray for people that you come across in your everyday life, in your own sphere of influence. And one avenue of carrying this out has been so easy, so exciting, and so rewarding that I don't want to keep it to myself. And I'm sorry I didn't think about this years ago. And that is praying for strangers on the phone. I've had many very meaningful encounters on the phone with people but I will just share two of them right now. One day I had to call Coles about a bill. And at the end of the conversation with a young woman, she said, is there anything else I can help you with? And I said, well, I was wondering if I could pray for you. Well, three times she said, what? And I repeated it, what? And I repeated it, what? And I repeated it. Finally, she was able to comprehend what I was offering her because she'd never heard of such a thing before, I'm sure. And she gave a nervous giggle and she said, world peace? I said, well, what about something for you? And she goes, well, I am eight months pregnant. And I said, do you know that God loves you? He does? Yes, and did you know that he loves your baby and wants you to have a healthy baby? He does? Yes, let's pray. So I proceeded to pray for her, speak God's promises over her and her babies, and tell her about the love of God, how God loved her and her baby. And at the end, she got all choked up and she says, I feel like I'm going to start crying. And I said, me too. And even though that was so rewarding, I truthfully felt a great sense of sadness. 
because I remember when I was pregnant with my children and as a Christian mother I still struggled at times to control my mind and my thinking that my children were going to be totally fine and here this woman didn't even know that God loved her let alone her baby and I believe that it was God who really impressed upon me at that moment do you know how valuable you are do you know that you can really help people by sharing my love with them by telling them what I'm all about I need for you to keep doing this you are very valuable to this world and I've been doing it ever since and it has been very exciting and I just want to share one other thing Another incident was when I had to talk to a company like Orbitz or Travelocity about getting a refund for a ticket. And at the end, the young man says, is there anything else I can help you with? And I offered to pray. And then we got into like a 20-minute conversation about things going on in his life, and I prayed for him. And it was a very invigorating and exciting conversation. And at the end, he goes, I hope you do business with our company again, because people here really need to know what you have to say. And another place to pray for people is in places that you do business with. One time I had to go into a CVS pharmacy for something and I couldn't find it and I need to ask somebody for help. And so I end up in this aisle with just myself and another young lady who worked there. And I had the thought to ask if I could pray for her and truthfully she did not look to me like a person that would accept my offer. But I did offer to pray for her and she just opened her heart up to me and she told me that her fiance had just died so I was able to minister to her heart and pray for her and she was so sweet and so thankful that I offered to do that for her so we can't let a person's looks define whether we're gonna pray for them or not and we can't afford to worry about if they're gonna say yes or no our decision should just be to offer God's love to everyone and what about people who come to your door to sell you something? I just had my mother die recently and then all these very heavy situations came upon me beside that all at once and I knew it was a spiritual attack it was a fight and the fight I believe was centered around me not speaking God's Word or praying for people and just getting self-centered and um, withdrawing within myself and it was a battle it was a battle and I didn't want to give in to that battle well anyway um, during one of these days that was so heavy there's a knock at the door I could look down and I saw on the porch a man a young man mouthing words he was gonna say to me <laughs> rehearsing them so I knew he was gonna try to sell me something and I did not want to answer that door I did not want to answer that door and I had to fight in my mind answer the door so I go down there and he's wants to put together gift baskets for the troops and was asking for donations so I went upstairs to get some money as I'm coming down the stairs I see that our neighbor cat just happened to come along to our porch and this young man was crouched down petting the cat with his left side facing me and I came outside and standing there and he goes oh I'm sorry I didn't hear you I'm deaf in my left ear well, I honestly believe that, that cat was sent by God to our porch so I could find out that this young man was deaf in his left ear. But since he was facing me with his left side, he couldn't hear me. And there's no other way I would have found this out. So I gave him the money, and then I offered to pray for, I asked him if I could pray for anything, and he asked me to not pray for him, but he asked me to pray for his brother who suffered an amputation, I believe in Afghanistan, while fighting. And... I prayed for his brother and I said what about you you said you were deaf in your left ear can I pray for that and he says you can pray for whatever you want and I said okay and then it was like reality hit me here's a, a young man who's deaf in one ear and I am not feeling real spiritual that day and I'm thinking maybe I should get my son to help me pray for this young man and there's nothing wrong with having help when you pray for somebody but for me it wasn't it wasn't right at that time for this situation it was just it was better for me to pray for him alone because the thought was you have God in Christ in you 
and God in Christ in you is big enough to handle a deaf ear no matter what you feel like. So I thought, this is God talking to me, and I'm going to go for it. So I proceeded to minister healing to his left ear, commanded that left ear to be able to hear in the name of Jesus Christ, and guess what? Nothing happened. So I said, could I pray for you again? And he said, yes. So I ministered again to his left ear, and all of a sudden this gregarious young man turns into a man of stone. He's just staring at his feet, expressionless. And then he says in a monotone voice, it's weird. And I said, it's God. And then he goes, kind of freaking out right now. I said, you can hear, can't you? He goes, yes, I'm kind of freaking out right now. So I just talked a little bit more to him, and he finally um, calmed down. And then I said, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord? And he says, yes. And I said, do you believe that God raised him from the dead? He goes, yes, and yes, with all my heart. And we just had another great conversation right there. And at the end, I said, I want to tell you something. It's no accident that you're standing on my porch today. I have asked God to allow me to minister to somebody who is deaf, and he has led you to my door. So it was a win for me, it was a win for God, it was a win for that young man. And if I had not answered that door, none of this would have ever happened. And I was just so thankful to God to allow me to be a part of that situation. So the next time you have to call a business or about a bill, or you need to get something at a store, or maybe someone's knocking on your door at supper time trying to sell you something, instead of allowing it to be an annoyance, why not rearrange your thoughts and look at it as an opportunity God is providing for you to share His love? You never know what may happen. God bless you. My God can do anything. I said, My God can do anything He made the sun, the moon, the stars, the skies, the hills, the trees And you and I, fish, the birds, the dogs, the plants See the land where you now stand Food, the drink, the wine, the meat The bees, the honey, and things so sweet The sand, the surf, the beach, the lakes And ever, ever, ever after we take my God I said, my God can't do anything. And he parted the Red Sea. And he made it plain bread. And he raised his son, Jesus Christ, from the dead. My God. I said, my God can do anything. He heals the head, the heart, the mind, the soul, the arms, the legs to make you whole. The blind, the deaf, the lame, the sick, the hurt, the pain, and every itch. The eyes, the ears, the mouth, the nose, the teeth, the tongue, your feet, your toes, the skin, the scalp, the hair, the lips, your neck, your bones, and everything, my God. I said, my God can do anything. He made Moses' staff a snake. He made a dumb speak. He made the enemy run in fear. Being chased by a cloud of bees. My God. I said, my God can't do anything. Well, he's love and peace, grace and rest, 
joy and mercy and always best. He's kind of good, fun and neat, rich, badass, and can't be beat. He's light and true, bold and great, big and strong, and just first rate. He's kind of dad, he's cool and right, he's great, he's life that has no end. My God can do anything. I said, My God. My God can do anything. I said, My God can do anything. Well, He has blessed you, and He has healed you. He can supply.
joining us today on the Solution Radio Show. All of the Solution Radio Shows are archived at thesolutionradioshow.com, where you may re-listen at your convenience. There are also links to the websites of our guests, musicians, and sponsors. Also on the website, there is a page for upcoming events. If you'd like your event listed, you could send the info to info at thesolutionradioshow.com. A reminder that the Praise Line is open 24 hours a day where you may call in and give a testimony of God's working in your heart and life. The number is 844-705-3410. Once again, the Praise Line number 844-705-3410. We will play some of these testimonies in upcoming shows. Please continue to keep in your prayers the expansion of the Solution Radio Show. Due to the wonders of modern technology, we know that we do have listeners all around the world as well as several hundred cities throughout the United States. The Solution Radio Show is listener-supported, both by your prayers and your financial giving. All donations are tax-deductible. Thank you very much for your support. It's greatly appreciated. Our mailing address is The Solution Radio Show, P.O. Box 9002. Naperville, Illinois, 60567. Once again, the mailing address, P.O. Box 9002, Naperville, Illinois, 60567. There is also a donation link available on our website. Have an awesome rest of your day. God bless you. You are God's very best.